welcome to Quilting Business Success, the podcast where we interview quilters just like you who have turned their passion for quilting into a profitable long-arm quilting business. I'm your host, Andrew Weaver, and in each episode we'll bring you stories of quilters who had the same doubts and fears that every quilter has when they think about pursuing their quilting dreams. But these quilters moved forward anyway, despite their fears, and today you'll hear their stories. Hey, Bobby, do you want to do the intro for this episode? I would be glad to do the intro this time. All right. Because every time you do it, you end up taking way too long. I do. So we'd like to welcome you all to the podcast today. And um, we, as most of you know, who are watching this, we, every week we have uh, some people who have varying degrees of experience in the the quilting industry and uh, the quilting business. And uh, today we have Ann Olson and Tucker Nace. Is that the right pronunciation, Tucker Nace? Yeah, it's Nace. Okay, okay. And uh, yeah, we're, we are really glad to have you guys. Um, yeah, well, you know, why don't you just do the introduction? I, I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> well, we're we're going to jump right in and get started. I just want to say first, though, that um, if you're uh, listening as we go, and a question uh, pops into your head that you'd like to ask, there is a Q&A button at the bottom of your screen if you're watching the live. And if you click on that and then type in your answer or your question, uh, when we see it pop up there, we'll have an opportunity to answer that for you. Also, um, if this is your first episode that you've ever listened to or whatever, um, you can watch them on YouTube. Uh, or you can go to your favorite podcasting thing, which is Apple Podcasts or uh, Spotify or the app that I use on my phone is called Overcast. I like it because I can gives me a little bit more control. But whatever way you want to listen to them, I would encourage you to to um, to hit all the episodes. And also, I would say. Um, there's a place on Apple Podcasts I know where you can write a review of the podcast, and those are those are pretty important. They help other people to find uh, find what we're doing, and these stories are pretty cool. So let's dive right into it. Um, I was thinking, let's go ahead and start with uh, Tucker's story. So, Tucker, uh, where is home for you? Where do you live? I live in central Pennsylvania, which is about 30 to 45 minutes outside of Lancaster. So right around that big Amish quilting community. Are you Amish? No, <laughs> not okay. Amish. Uh, is, is it a, would you consider it to be a rural area though, as opposed to city? Where I live in particular, it's more city life, but about 10, 15 minutes drive away it's it's more country life okay mm -hmm. cool and so tucker how long have you been uh doing this long arming i have been long arming now for four years um i have been sewing and quilting since i was about five so i don't i can't do the math off the top of my head but at least 10 years sewing and you are you're young enough that we can comfortably ask you how how old are you? I am eighteen years old. All right. And so, 
what made you decide to long arm? Was it that you had made quilt tops and they needed to be finished or? I when, I had made quilt tops when I was younger and, you know, you, you put them together and you don't quilt them and things like that. And when they would get washed, they would, you know, the batting would just go all over the place. I'm like, why do the quilts that I get from the store stay together and the ones that I make not? So I looked at the quilts that I got from the store. I'm like, what's this stitching in between? So I did some research and that's when I found out what, you know, quilting was and then later down the line, what long arms were. Mm hmm. So now you knew what they were. What made you decide to I mean, you didn't get a machine just to do your quilt. No, when I I first started out, of course, domestic and um, I was improving my skills on the domestic and then it became more of a burden to quilt on the domestic. There was more frustrations than there was actually enjoyable stitching time. So I, we were I brought up the idea of looking for a long arm. And at the time, you know, we wanted to get a long arm that was comparable in price, just in case that this was something that I didn't improve upon. So we we originally bought a different brand of long arm quilting machine. And as the years went on, skills get better as they do and more customer quilts come in. And that first long arm I had was not cutting it anymore. And so you, at some point, chose the, decided that you needed to go with a gamble. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. It it became to a point where there were more customer quilts coming in, and it would take three days to do a queen size quilt on the machine that I had before. And that wasn't, it didn't make sense in my brain when I could, if I got a different machine that was faster and more accurate, I could quilt more quilts and be able to afford that bigger machine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you got that first one, was it in the back of your mind that you might do quilts for other people? Or was that an idea that came around later? When I first got the machine, I intended to only do quilts for myself. Um, but then at that time, I had started a YouTube channel and everyone was in, interested in, you know, the work that I was doing and things like that. And they're like, well, you can do this on your quilt. Can you do this on my quilt? And I'm like, okay, sure, send it along. So it sort of became something that I wasn't looking for, but I'm glad that it came along. It does sound like you kind of, kind of, I wouldn't say stumbled into it, but just by sharing the love of what you were doing, uh -huh. all of a sudden people started asking you, hey, can you can you do that from, from my quilt? Right. Yep. So how old were you when you first started uh, the long, uh, first had a long arm? I would have just turned 15 or 16, something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At that age, you still believe you can do anything. You can conquer the world. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so when you, when you had that first machine, it was a hand guided machine right or when i yeah, when i first bought the machine it was hand guided only and i thought okay i've i've done all i can do with this machine i do, i can't grow anymore so then i added the computer that was available for that machine and used that for a while and then there were things that i couldn't do with that software that i needed to do um 
and it just, it was more of a, again, it was more of a burden to quilt than it was something that was enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, how did you end up with the gamble machine? I mean, there's a lot of machines out there, obviously. I, I knew that I want, I always knew about gamble when I first was looking at long arms, of course, gamble was one of the first ones I was looking at, but at the time I was younger. Um, and you know, it, at that time they were a little less than they were now, but they, that wouldn't have been the right decision then knowing, not knowing if I would have enjoyed the long arming process. Um, but when I decided that I wanted a, new, a machine, I knew that I wanted something industrial, something that had a good reputation, something that had great service. There was a whole list of things that you had to go down through, especially when at that point, I knew that I wanted to take that in a business direction. So I needed to know that I was going to have a reliable machine and have reliable service. And that's how I knew that I wanted a gamble. Mm, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So what was your uh, gaining customers, growing the business? Uh, tell us a little bit about that path. At the beginning, did you know you had enough customers uh, to actually have a business? And tell us a little bit about that and the evolution of that. In When I first started, as I said, I started with the YouTube channel and I was sharing, you know, that. And I thought, I think it sort of took some people by surprise that this, oh, this young kid has, you know, a machine and can do half decent quilting at that time. Um, and it sort of took people by storm. There was a lot of people that didn't think it was, you know, like what, I'm not going to send this quilt to someone that's this young. So they had to wait and see the other people that, you know, took that chance of sending their quilt. But once once I started getting those quilts and sharing, it just sort of um, went from there. But a lot of my customers came from the YouTube channel and other quilting friends, you know, saying, hey, this kid has a new long arm business and um, you should go check him out. So really, it boils down to word of mouth through the YouTube channel. I will confess that I popped your YouTube channel up before uh, before our, our interview today. And I was very tempted. I wanted to play some of the videos, but I, I didn't want to, to not be hearing your story for the first time. And mm -hmm. so I saved myself that pleasure for later, but can you tell us the name of your YouTube channel? Yeah. My YouTube channel is Tucker sewing and quilting. Okay. And you're mm -hmm. on Facebook too, right? Yep. Under the same name yeah. and probably other places too but mm -hmm. i'm Instagram old Tucker so. sewing, yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. cool um mm -hmm. so um the the word of mouth that's how you found your customers and um did is is this have you done other jobs as well or is this like how you pay the bills this, this right now is my full-time gig. Um, I do a lot of quilting for other people and I do uh, some other things on the side, but this is my first job and this is what I do at the moment. About how many hours a week would you say you dedicate to your quilting? I am in the quilting studio 
Monday through Friday, probably about 10 hours a day, but that's not standing there for 10 hours at the machine quilting. That's doing other things. I would say about every day I spend about four hours doing quilts. That could be, you know, edge to edge or custom. It's, it kind of depends on the day. Mm -hmm. Okay. And mm -hmm. I should have asked you this before, but uh, the machine you have now, is it a Statler or Statler Ascend? Uh, I have a 26 inch Statler. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that was your, your first gamel, your one and only gamel. Yep. Yep. That was my first one. It's sometime we might have to talk about getting an ascend on your machine. It is a, uh, uh, mm -hmm. you can, you can drastically increase your production. Mm -hmm. He already knows. I think he already knows. I, I got, he's that. already thinking about, I, I saw that from your smile. It's something you've been thinking about. Um, so, um, you mentioned you do custom as well as edge to edge. There yeah. are obviously some people that just focus on edge to edge or just custom how how much of each type do you figure that you do? I I say I do about an equal amount. I have some customers that only prefer edge to edge. I have some customers that only have me to do custom. And then there's quite a few people that are in between that have me doing a lot of, you know, semi-custom, you know, custom block placements with freehand elements around them. That seems to be what I have the most requests for and what I prefer to do using both hand guided and the Statler. Mm -hmm. So how long, what would you say the time investment is in a quilt um, for you uh, edge to edge versus uh, hand guided or a custom? Um, edge to edge, I, edge to edge quilts on like a queen size would take about, you know, three hours. Um, I just recently did a custom quilt for a woman. It was a queen size hand pieced grandmother's flower garden. And she won a custom quilting on that. And that took about 24 hours to quilt consecutively. Um, so it, it can range depending on the, the style of quilting they want and the complexity of that. But the majority of the quilts that I do, um, if it's like a normal custom quilt, it can take about a day or two working four, six hours a day. Which brings us to the question of um, how do you charge for your quilting? By the hour, by the inch? Uh, for edge to edge and semi-custom and normal custom, it goes, um, it's priced out by inch. But when you get into things like show quilting and things like that, that has a set price for show quilting for the whole quilt using the square inches. And then it's an hourly rate on top of that. So uh, an average uh, average queen size quilt, what would you say the, uh, the price uh, would be for something like that? For edge to edge, probably 160, maybe a little more. Um, for some custom and things like that, it can go anywhere between, you know, 300 to a thousand or more for the show quilting. Yeah. Depends on how much time you have to invest in that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, do you, uh, do you have people bring the batting when they bring you the quilt or do you have that available for sale? Most of my customers mail their quilts into me. So that, that can be something that's hard for them. If they have 
a specific batting that I don't carry and they would like to send that along, that is great. But I offer um, a variety of different battings that they can choose from. Mm -hmm. I had intended to ask earlier, but I had forgotten. What um, what would you say your uh, mail order business is? Is it more than 50% mail-in versus local? Yeah, yeah. Right now it's the... I would say about 98% of the customer quilts that I get. I just recently joined a quilt guild and that's starting to bring in a, a little different, um, a little different, um, more, well, different people, you know, more the local people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's cool. That's so cool. 98% mail-in. Well, that's, that's what building that YouTube channel will do for you. I imagine, uh, you know, that's, it's, it's just, an, it's another form of marketing basically. Yeah. And uh, mm -hmm. do you think that's a different, um, number because of, uh, because of Tucker's age or. I don't think so. We have interviewed other people who have built very substantial mail order businesses and it just so happens to be, I remember one lady in particular, she had said something about, you know, she'd done a couple of t-shirt quilts for people. Uh, uh, she did mail order, right? And mm -hmm. she would get an uh, 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 order and mail the quilt back to somebody in a random city and state way over here. Mm -hmm. And pretty soon she would start getting more quilts from that area. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, obviously they took the quilt out of the box and mm -hmm. showed it around and people were like, Hey, who'd you have do that? Yeah. So I yeah. think, well, well, my, <clears throat> my thing was I was advertising mostly on, you know, YouTube. I, at that point I didn't, I wasn't able to go out enough to be able to advertise, you know, in quilt stores and quilt samples and things like that. Um, so I think it, it really was different and maybe a little bit less effective, but more effective to do that YouTube. It's great that all these people are sending quilts from all over, but then at the same time, you have this great group of people right here locally that need a quilter that weren't able to get quilted locally. Mm -hmm. And what would you say, uh, how many quilts uh, a year would you say you uh create and has that changed from your beginning a uh, couple of years when i first started i was only doing you know a couple of quilts as everyone does um when youtube started to um, bring in customer quilts i would say that was the the main year of that was probably about 150 no it was less than that 100 30 to 150 quilts. Um, but most of those at that point were edge to edge and there was some custom in there, but the majority of those were edge to edge. So what's been the hardest part for you for building your business? I would say, honestly, the hardest part about building the business was the, gaining the trust from the people. Um, the trust of letting someone send their quilts to me and, you know, be able to quilt them because of someone who's number one, so young and also a male that plays a big effect on 
the quilting in my eyes. Um, so, you know, gaining that trust and doing those videos of showing people, you know, me actually doing the work and explaining my process, that gives confidence to everyone in all different areas of, you know, quilting that, you know, you know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, also, you know, communicating with the people and coordinating, you know, everything that you don't have overlaps or, you know, uh, making sure that estimates are right and you don't overcharge people just making sure that the customer experience is as good as it can be. He doesn't sound like he's 18 years old. He doesn't. I keep thinking that this, this work has aged you. That's what it is. I wish I had my head on my shoulders uh, like he did when I was that age. Mm -hmm. I was an Thank idiot. <laughs> well, um, actually serving customers will grow you up pretty fast. Um, I grew up in a, uh, customer facing, you know, place when I was a kid and it does, you realize pretty quick that, um, that you kind of have to have your, your act together and customers expect a certain, uh, you were talking about just, you know, the coherence and the keeping the communication right and having your estimate done correctly. I mean, the consequences of having a customer that asked for the thread to be dusty rose, but instead you did it in lime green, you know, that there's significant consequences to getting that wrong. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, it does. It, it grows you up because <laughs> mm -hmm. you have to deal with those situations. So um, who's been your biggest cheerleader in your support system as you've been doing this? Uh, my biggest support system has uh, uh, been my family. They they have been there from day one, little five-year-old me running around, uh, you know, cheering me on because this isn't something that boys normally do. Now it's changing a little bit, but it was something different. And, but they have been the biggest cheerleaders cheering me on and, you know, giving me inspiration really to keep going because there's always those, you know, times where you're like, is this really what I need to be doing? And they are like, cheering you on at every low point, which is exactly what everyone needs. Mm. And what kind of effect has this uh, having your, your own control of your, your personal time and the, and the money issue? Tell us a little bit about that. The being able to control your own hours is a little daunting. Cause you're like, okay, I, I could stay up till 3 AM and sleep until about 12. Um, you know, it's the discipline is great. You need to have a lot of discipline, um, you know, to run something like this, especially something where you create your own hours, because if you let yourself slip once, you're going to be more inclined to let yourself slip a thousand other times. Um, but creating a schedule for yourself or myself allows, you know, time to spend with, you know, family members and, you know, people that need it. It's great because I can go pick my brother up from school and it just, it's so amazing. Mm, yeah. For, for people your age, um, you typically have very little control over mm -hmm. schedule. I mean, with your friends and other people, I mean, they're, they're either locked locked down to a school schedule mm -hmm. or they're locked down to a um, kind of an entry level job position where, uh, you know, you basically work the hours that are assigned you know, and uh, to have the ability to to pick your own schedule is pretty, pretty neat. Mm -hmm. Most people have to wait till they get to their 50s or 60s before they get to do that. Yep. 
And I tell you, Tucker, I met you, I, I think it was two to three years ago at uh, one of our shows in Pennsylvania. First mm -hmm. time I missed you, that I met you. And I can, I can see uh, a, it looks like a rapid mat maturing has occurred in you since then, you know, I can just see the difference. So uh, I think that's probably a testament to your journey uh, that you've been taking. Thank you. That was a statement, not a question. Well, <laughs> people can respond to statements too. Mm -hmm. So, so Tucker, what's something that you wish someone would have told you when you were first getting started? Uh, I think the biggest one is don't limit yourself. When you get, you know, this huge machine in your house, you're like, okay, I've learned all I can learn on the new owner training or, you know, watching videos or things like that. And you're like, okay, I'm just going to do an edge to edge. And when you do that, you kind of get in that rivet. Okay, I'm going to do an edge to edge. I know how to set up an edge to edge on this machine. And that's all I'm going to do. Don't limit yourself to one thing. The I wish I would have done so much more uh, than I did. Because at, at that point, I was just doing the edge to edge. And I wish I would have, you know, played around with the features of the Statler more, which would have made my life so much easier. Um, and to not be afraid of making mistakes. On the Statler, there's about 3 million ways to do things. And, you know, you just have to try everything. And sometimes you're going to make mistakes. And then the next time you're going to have the greatest light bulb moment ever. And it's just, it's just amazing. But that's what I wish I would have been told is don't limit yourself to what you know. Mm, that's good. And Tucker, um, so in the limited amount of time that you've been uh, doing this, what is a piece of advice that you would give to someone who wants to maybe follow in your footsteps or do some of what you've done, whether they be younger or older person, and uh, do you think in this day and age and this culture and, uh, you know, everything the, that the economy, the economy, people worry about yes. the economy. Do you think it mm -hmm. can be done? Uh, what what piece of advice could you give somebody? I I definitely believe it can be done. I believe that anyone who has the the drive to learn new things and to connect with people and create beautiful things can do can do it. It's, it's a great, a great way to like, you know, take control of your own schedule and things like that. And to not be afraid of trying new things. Um, I, I say just dive in head first and learn as much as you can and collect as much knowledge from everyone and just, and just do it. I think there was a big company that had a slogan, just do it. Just do yes. it. <laughs> Just do it. That's right. You know, um, I appreciate you saying that, though, because a lot of times people find themselves controlled by their fear of the unknown. But I do hope that by listening to your story and all the other stories of everybody else that we interview, that perhaps people would start to see that a lot of the outcome of your life is in your control. Um, a tremendous amount is not. But still, um, the uh, if there's if there's no when you when you get up out of bed and decide to do something, something gets done. Mm -hmm. You know, I want something that strikes me about uh, Tucker being that he's 18 years old, 
and most the vast majority of people that are alive today much less people that are watching this have experience um in adulthood you know earlier than than you have and you are kind of giving a message of uh, you know just just do it you know don't be afraid and i think a lot of the people uh possibly even a lot of people that are watching right now might have uh i don't know if it's a knee-jerk reaction or a tendency toward a little bit of fear because in a large degree the economy that we're in and the world that we're in is is unprecedented you know it's changed mm -hmm. be it's different than most of us have ever seen before so again i might be giving a statement here but uh I think that uh, that this is in a, in a sense all that Tucker has uh, has known. He he doesn't have the he hadn't been around in the eighties and everything, and uh, but he has even even growing up in this day and age he uh, he doesn't have the fear, mm -hmm. and I think that's probably an example that uh, a lot of us can do well to take from. Any feedback? I just, uh, I was just thinking that uh, there's nothing wrong with being fearful. Uh, they, there's, there's something uh, that was, I don't know, a famous saying that somebody did where, you know, bravery is not about not feeling fear. You feel the fear just like any rational person would, but then you just go ahead and get done what needs to get done anyway. And, mm -hmm. uh, um, so bravery isn't the absence of fear. It's just, it's sure. just kind of putting on your your big girl panties and going and doing it. Mm -hmm. So thank you for yeah, sure, no problem. Yeah, you can see the kind of people I hang around by my language. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, we got a question uh, written in from Ruth, and Ruth was asking, uh what business software do they both use? So we'll start with you, Tucker. Uh, do you have any software that you use to keep track of your customers and your quilts? I I just use, like if I get an invoice or something like that, I use uh, Shopify. I run all of my customer information through Shopify and all of my payments through Shopify. So Shopify keeps track of all the taxes I owe and all the customer information and emails and addresses and all of that stuff. Especially since you're dealing with multiple States, that probably is a really good idea. Mm -hmm. um, and we're, but we're fixing to switch gears here to, um, to Ann and I'm sorry, I wrote it down. Pete, you wrote it down. I wrote it down. You wrote it down. Ann and Pete um, Tucker, stay with us because we, Certainly may have other questions uh, that come up, or if you yeah, if you feel the need to interject, you you have something to add. You yeah. you feel free. We're we're all here around the table. Yeah. So um so Anne, uh, do you have a business software that you use? Yes, I use the Machine Quilters business software from Eureka Documentation, mm -hmm. and that's awesome. When when you get past a hundred customers. You really need it because you need their phone numbers. You need to be able to know, okay, they like feathers. They don't like feathers, you know, and now I can just search for them and it takes care of the invoices and there's a waiting list in there and it, it puts in all your pricing. It puts in all kinds, your batting, you know, so 
yeah, it, it's it's actually one of those things that if you don't have it and you're getting past the point of being able to remember your customers, it really is very helpful. Especially when they have the same name. Yes, I have multiple people who have the same first and last name. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, wow, fun. that's yeah. We have the same situation yes. here at work, and uh, we've got lots of people that have the same first and last name. And it's only their email address and the phone numbers that are different. <laughs> their Instagram handle or something. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So uh, where where's home for you guys? What part of the country? We are in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Next to Tulsa. Yep. Middle of the country. Mm -hmm. And uh, are you in a rural part there? Because. No. no. Not, not, nope. No. <laughs> There's probably a million people in the Tulsa metropolitan area. Gotcha. Okay. So we live about suburbs. twenty miles. We live about twenty miles away from Jeff Prince. Yeah, okay. we might be part of his cartel. <laughs> I'm not real sure. When he said that, I was thinking, well, maybe I'm part of the cartel. Yeah, but I, I didn't know that. We've but... known him for quite a while. <laughs> yes. So if you have an issue, you can just drive over to his house and knock on his door. He won't be there. He'll be at somebody else's. That's house. right. He'll right. right. be on the road. <laughs> so, how long have you been long arming? 20 years. 20 years. So you've been long arming longer than Tucker has been alive. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't put it that way. <laughs> that's okay. I've been We've got both ends, both extremes. Too, so that's okay. <laughs> and so can you tell us uh, what made you decide to uh, start long arming? How did you begin your journey? Um, I've always... Loved fabric, always sewn. Grandma taught me when I was five. Um, so I've been sewing a long time. And we were in a small town, 1,500 people, Forsyth, Montana. And there was a quilt guild there. And I went to the quilt guild and got involved and was just sewing on my domestic. Learned, you know, got to classes, learned some stuff. And we had a charity group that would get together and we went out to this lady's house and she had a gamel. And that was my first time seeing a long arm and my first introduction. And I loved it. I came home and told Pete, I want one. So now 20 years later, I have my own. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so Pete, what did you think when she came home and said she'd seen this enormous machine and <laughs> wanted one? Um. I hadn't seen one, but we eventually did get a machine. Actually, I was a pastor of a church at that time at um, Forsyth Assembly of God. And um, our church actually had, there was a lady in our church that had a Gracie table and a little jukey. And um, that was in the church basement because they had a... Um, we did sewing in the church. Right. And sewed a bunch of projects for missions and so stuff. So she started on that a little. Yeah. So I was running that one in the church basement. So, but in 2006, I think you got your first. Will you tell about the frame? Well, I had a little. There was another lady in the in our guild that sold her little tiny necky. Had a five inch throat and a grace frame. Oh, the handy quilter frame, like the yeah, front taped one. it to the tabletop, <laughs> and you could feel where the sections were. And yeah, that was interesting. And five inch throat. And I upgraded to another domestic machine with seven inches. And that was just exciting, you know, just to get <laughs> extra inches. And then and we got a... Then we got another machine that had 
16 inch dolting hobby pull through, which is giant on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we just kind of kept in increasing and I was still doing hobby, you know, mm -hmm. it was still just doing the charity projects and very few of my own. Um, but, and then I had a lady who wanted me to help finish. And so she started paying me to help her get her projects done because she was a big piecer. I have since learned I'm not a piecer. I am a long arm quilter. I love to play with the thread. I want to help people finish their projects. Mm -hmm. So I do a few every now and then. I'll do some projects of my own. Um, but generally that's about two or three a year. That's all I fit in because I'm helping everybody else finish theirs. Mm -hmm. So we have continually added machines. Um, we are currently up to four machines. And the Gamel... We added the Ascend, I think it's three years ago or four years ago. Well, we ago. got the Gamel. We had two null things. We still have We those. bought a used Gamel because it was too good of a deal to pass $3, up. $3,000. At a machine. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and then we added the Ascend on it. And that's amazing. Amazing mm -hmm. software. You see and a significant difference with the uh, Ascend? Um, it's it, Compared to the other computer I had, Yes. We still have it. But. Yeah, I do still have it. Um, it's an eight thousand dollar package versus the thirty thousand dollar package. So you can <laughs> you you know there's a big difference in mm -hmm. the software quality. Your capabilities are amazing to be able to go in there and grab one point and move it where you want it, or to cut things out if you need to go around somebody's emblem on their shirt or whatever. Um, it's just yeah, it's mm -hmm. amazing. And the sometimes wonderful. Some Sometimes people are, uh, you know, they, they see these different computerized systems that are for sale and they don't realize that the one that they're looking at that's $10,000 is like 25 pounds worth of hardware. And the Statler that they're looking at, yes, is, you know, 25 or $30,000, but it's 300 pounds, of, you know, 400 pounds of uh, I mean, it's like you, you get looking at it and it's like, well, there's a lot more here, you know, just a lot more. Yeah. Um, but that's it's what it quality. takes to make it run, you know. Yeah. For your yeah. business or for doing custom stuff, you need the quality machine. Um, I was told actually by the lady who had the gamma way back then that buy commercial. And if you're going to go into business, you need to buy commercial quality machine. Buy the best that you can afford. And the reason we got Gamble was, well, we kind of always wanted one, but um, Jeff and Glenda um, gave their stamp of approval on this one, said, yeah, you can add a Statler to it. Yep. So, so, <laughs> so we're like, yeah, he helped arrange all that. So, mm -hmm. and she knows three different computer systems now. Yeah. Talk about learning. Oh my God. Statler, no. Grace. And like a whole new Autopilot. language. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So um, did you... Uh, at what point did your um, your charity and hobby quilting kind of transition into having a business? You said there was that one lady in particular who needed a lot of help with getting her quilts finished, and yeah. and how did that how did that transition into where you are today? Well, because we were in a town of fifteen hundred, I started with eBay. That's actually where my business name come from was an eBay account. Ants quilting stuff, quilting and whatever yep. stuff it was might do. is quilting and stuff. <laughs> and um, so we started there, and I got customers on eBay from well all over. Um, at that time, U.S. and Canada, 
maybe a few overseas. I can't remember at that time. Um, and then yeah, we added Etsy. When Etsy came along, we used Etsy for a while. And then for a while, Etsy wouldn't allow you to have service business on there. So we stopped. Um, but I'm so busy now that I don't use Etsy except to do a few other things, sell, sell, sell my D-stash or something. Um, and I don't do eBay either anymore as far as service goes. But so that it grew because I was quilting for more people there and it was mm -hmm. still considered, I still considered it kind of a hobby. I, you know, um, well, that first year that I started making records, I did seven quilts. Um, so it definitely has grown. Um, when we moved to Oklahoma and I, we, we did transition. That was also my parents' health was deteriorating and quilting has really helped me in that situation because I've been able to drive them to doctor's visits. Mm -hmm. We've been able to take care of them um, through their- You have more control of your time, don't you? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, because um, my stepdad was on dialysis and that's three days a week that you're driving him there. And if his driving service doesn't come pick him up because it's too late, then you're responsible to come get him. So yeah, it it really gave us the freedom we needed for that. Um, and also being able to move my business because my husband, he pastored in Montana and then he came down here and pastored down here. And I was able to move mm -hmm. my business with me. And so that that has helped. It helped in the beginning to supplement our income. And then in... 2012 or uh, 2011 I started working at a local quilt shop that really increased my business to the point where I was going to have to tell her I can't work here anymore <laughs> I was working three days a week but I was the point I need to I need to quit because I'm too busy and that um, was good yeah but and so I think let's see I had it written down um I think we did 265 quilts in 2012 and most of that was edge to edge, all freehand. No I, regulator on those yeah, machines. I, I didn't have a computer at that time. Or regulator, yeah. Um, we had two old machines. Old school. Yeah, yeah I definitely learned it all old school. And as a matter of fact, when I first got my commercial mid-arm, it was more mid-arm, I did not know to turn the speed up or down. So I had it and it was, it was like mid-level. But it was go. You, <laughs> you just went. So that's the speed I learned at for a long time until I started to try to do rulers. And then all of a sudden I discovered my speed knob. <laughs> and OK, we got to turn that speed way down. Um, so in 13 was when I went full time. And now we're up to I had a high point. Well, the quilt um, shop closed. Yeah, the quilt shop closed. That was perfect timing. Mm -hmm. She closed, retired, and I went full time um, and haven't looked back because it's just my one struggle is to keep up with demand um, because customers, there's lots of customers out there, lots of quilters. Uh, you just got to go find them. We do and four look to for 500 them. a year. Yeah, we had um, before... Well, maybe we had the first computer. We did about did 490 that year, and then now we've we were actually less this last year. We did 400 quilts, but it's because the custom side of the business has also grown, mm -hmm. and a computer actually slows you down. If you learn <laughs> fast, you're faster than the computer. 
So um, there's less time required to set it up, set up the designs and stuff. So if, you, if you're a custom quilter, there's more freedom to do that. But having multiple machines allows me to be quilting two or three or four so you can quilts do four at, at a once. time. We have one that so, doesn't have a computer. Yeah. But. So it has grown. I do about um, 75%, I would say, are edge to edge. The other 25 are semi-custom and then some heirloom, probably. That's what we use a gamble for, yeah. is, especially. <laughs> that one ends up sitting there for a month, and I'm working on an heirloom project. But so, yeah, we 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 love it. So I get the impression that uh, you both uh, spend a, a good bit of uh, work time on the on the stitchers. Um, actually, I run the long arms completely. Pete manages my Facebook for me and does the video mm -hmm. YouTube, um, helps with all of that. And he services old sewing machines. Yeah, I'm not a pastor anymore. So yeah, yep. we retired from that because the yeah. uh, full time needing to help take care of mom and dad mm -hmm. as they ended their life. Um, and so now he just services sewing machines and I help the older a little ones. bit. Yep. He'll come in here if I need him to watch a computer or you know um before we move on too much uh the um the when you move from the smaller town to uh to oklahoma another uh, small town <laughs> not now though no we we were in a really oh, okay small town. <laughs> yeah oh so you moved to another small town yeah we did we were um in a little town Dustin was i don't know under a thousand people yeah. it was real small um okay. i was using the ebay the online business um mainly our our business increased here because i have business cards and we give and we also did the magnet on our vehicle we had a little magnet made up of our business um sign and it was amazing people would stop us at the they'd walk into the post office if we were there and they'd say okay who's the long arm quilter i need <laughs> quilting done so you advertise wherever um we take our business cards we've put them in like um the hardware store or the atwoods or your joann's um hobby lobby they'll have those business boards where you can put up your cards mm -hmm. and you leave them there and you you'll be surprised it might be three or four years later you'll get a call from somebody needing a quilt done so and i find customers all the time not just online but i find customers for her at garage sales yeah yeah okay <laughs> well i go and ask if they have any sewing machines and if they um do or don't and say oh yeah i work on sewing machines and my wife does long arm quilting and a lot of times it's like oh i've been needing somebody to do that I'm like well yeah. here's a card yep. there are a lot of people <laughs> who have unfinished quilt tops yes because there's a lot of piecers or they want their family heirlooms that grandma did or great grandma did and they want them finished so yeah, part of this to find our niche of how we can help them. Mm -hmm. So on your, uh, I have just one other question. I think on your, uh, you you picked up a uh, an old probably non-stitch regulated camel, got yeah. a steal of a deal for it. You paid probably half what it was actually worth. Yeah, and then and then you had the ascend put on it. That was a big investment to make um more than any more than you'd spent on any of your other machines how how did you make the decision to why did you decide to do that 
um, because the computer on actually we had financed one of our others, um, but had gotten it paid off with inheritance. And that particular machine, the computer went down during Christmas rush. Mm -hmm. And you can't do that. You know, <laughs> when you're doing 40 quilts a month, you need that computer. And so therefore we already knew we were going to add the, the Statler on the computer, on the Gamel. It just happened sooner than we then planned. She, then you heard a Gamel ad about the Ascend. And, like, yep. and then she called up Jeff right away. And <laughs> Yeah, actually you heard the ad. Okay. You were watching the video and saw it. And so it's like, okay, we have to have it. So we went through the same um, red thread, which has another name. But it's a different name with Gamel. Nimic um, or something. I'm not sure. But yeah. financed. American the computer. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah. But it's definitely so, a great investment because each machine, um, well, like for instance, the, our other machines, we were looking at what each machine has made since we've, in the time we've had them from like um, 2015 till now. And um, each long arm has probably made $200,000 for us over those years. And um, the gamble starting to help definitely with that too, and the other one too. But it's buying our house now. It's making mm -hmm. our house and its own. So right. So yeah. At, we, this, at this point in your life, um, the quilting is—is is that what's pretty much carrying you? Oh yeah, that's mm -hmm. our full-time business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I make maybe thousand bucks a month doing sewing yeah. machine repair, but yeah. <laughs> you're doing the sewing machine repair in order to be able to stay out of her quilting studio and stay out of her way it sounds like yeah <laughs> got to keep himself busy. well we bought this house that has you can't really see it in this video but it's um the back room is 15 feet wide by 51 feet long and um, we had two long arms when we first bought the house I'm like we could fill this room with long arms Ann, and well that's what we've done little did he know that he was speaking the future <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Um, do you uh, do you do any of the other uh, services like um, piecing backings or doing t-shirt quilts or or doing binding? I do piece backs for them. Um, and I also finish, I give three options on binding. They can have it sewn on the top and they hand finish it or I machine bind it or I'll hand bind it for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I sell batting. I mm -hmm. tried selling some backings, um, but primarily I only keep the muslin on hand for those who don't sew and need something on their old quilts. Mm -hmm. So what's been the hardest part for you for building your business? I, I was moving. Did, did that kind of destroy part of your business in the sense of losing customers or was that not really, I'm kind of wondering Everybody has a challenge somewhere. Yeah, it, moving wasn't really a problem. Um, we did have the machine packed up for a while, and I actually had to unpack it and find room to put it at my parents' place in order to quilt somebody's quilt. That was back in like 2000. Yeah, because they were sending it. Um, that was when we were on eBay. So, yeah, it, it was still in the hobby phase sort of back then. So it it wasn't a huge issue as far as moving goes. Um, Most of our businesses right here. So yeah, getting involved in your quilt guilds mm -hmm. is important. Where we are, we actually there's a lot of quilt guilds. Um, so we personally are in, are in three, um, but there's a whole bunch more um, <laughs> that we're not in. But we go and we also vend at um, 
several local quilt shows. And that's a big plus to add customers, not only your current customers, because they see you and they go, oh yeah, you're still in business. Because you'll get phone calls where they're wondering, are you still in business? Because they don't know. Um, hmm. So that's, for us, that's been very helpful to do some of those shows because they see us, it reminds them. Um, over the years, the local quilt shops now have their own um, business of long arm quilting. So that has changed in the in the season. But a lot of them um, still allow you to have a drop off there. Yeah, we use three stores as drop off locations. And that helps some of our customers who don't necessarily want to drive all the way maybe to where we are because they're on the other side of town or whatever. Um, that gives them an option to drop off. So mm -hmm. We have a question from Douglas. Uh, with doing 40 quilts a month, does Ann use any software to manage production? <laughs> the Machine Quilters business management software is helpful in knowing. Um, I have used a calendar in the past, and I would record their name when the quilt came in, the date that it came in. Um, I'm still using that, but it has been difficult now with having some show quilts where, okay, I have a quilt from July, you know, and so I'm, I'm trying out the waiting list on there um, because I had not been using that portion of that software. So I'm finding that to be helpful for me because I've got it right there. I can put the date on of when the quilts do um, to be finished. And that helps. Um, because yeah, keeping track of where you're at. The other thing I did in 2020, um, we actually had a hundred quilts come in in June. Most quilts I've ever had in-house at one time. <laughs> that was a little scary. Um, I had what I called my vault, which was kind of like a, a closet with shelves on both sides. And I would stack their quilts and they're in their bags on that shelf. That was not working with a hundred quilts. Um, and so there was a clothing store going out of business. We got um, clothing racks that are on wheels and I've got their quilts lined up and I've got um, clear plastic sleeves from Uline. And so their quilts are all now nicely separated, which was great during COVID because I could say, well, your quilt is packaged separately. Your quilt is quarantined <laughs> away from yeah. the other quilts. <laughs> which also helps if you have people who are allergic to smoke and, or people who are allergic to dog hair because your other customer has dogs or smokes. Um, so that does help. Um, that's another thing that the software is great for because you can make a note of the fact that they're allergic to smoke because um, I have a lady who's highly allergic to smoke. So sometimes her quilt may be in a different room even. Um, so it's just some of those helpful things to keep track of software. Um, hanging the quilts has definitely been a, a benefit because if you've got 40 quilts or 50 quilts or 60 quilts in-house you need a way to separate and organize them so that's that's part of learning to manage all of this um, I have a business management degree and so that I feel has been very helpful for me if you're starting out you may want to take some business courses see if there's um, a local college or or something small business administration that's doing something where you could take marketing classes or business administration classes to kind of give you some of those skills that you need to run a, a business. If you're going to go full time and try to do as much as you can and bring in the money. <laughs> this, this is actually a, a good uh, place for me to kind of put in a plug for one of the 
education programs that we built here at Gamel, which is the um, Accelerate uh, business program, because um, a lot of, there is a tremendous amount of good and free information out there um, that you can find in all sorts of places. And a matter of fact, this, these very recordings that we're doing, a lot of helpful tidbits people will give you right here for free, you know, um, but uh, we do have that um, Accelerate program and um, it has, you know, sections on, you know, the insurance and the legal and the taxes and the, you know, finding customers and setting up your rates and your quilt drop off, you know, intake form. And there's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of things to get done and a person can certainly muddle their way through. There's, I mean, I think that's the, that's the history of the human race. We muddle our way through. Uh, but um, as, as somebody pointed out to me quite a while ago on that accelerate program, uh, you know, if, if it allowed you to, you know, to shave a couple months off of your growth curve, you know, it pays for itself. So if people are interested, you can certainly check that out too. It's, um, it is a, uh, you can reinvent the wheel, but you certainly don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because like, like you will say from your own experience, like I have a lot of experience in, in business as well. Uh, but of all the different businesses, I never actually started and ran a quilting business, but I sure know a lot about it from all the different stories that people have told me. It's mm. a little different to do it yourself, though. So because you have to make the decisions for yourself. Yep. You know. Yeah, you, you, you got to be a self-starter and and go get it. Go get it done. Work, yeah. those, work those long hours. And... Yeah. Holiday Christmas rush. It's long hours. Yeah. Try to get done for everybody. Yep. So, uh, so who's been your biggest, uh, cheerleader in your support system? <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely been, well, he's the one that found the, um, first mid arm. He found that one and then he researched and found the next one. Yeah. He's definitely the one that keeps pushing. Hey, we need to add another machine. Hey, we need to add another machine. So yeah, he's there and full-time support. Mm -hmm. Hey Pete, why don't you stand up and show us your shirt there? That's, that's a gamble oh. shirt. Yeah, yep. man's got one we too. Both, both got our love gamels. Oh on. yeah, yeah. You both have I also have um, my my daily wear because <laughs> my scissors are right here. My gamble key is right here. My mostly that little screwdriver to adjust our tension on our bobbin. Always have a pin, and this is my gamble pin. Um, and I have a little computer screen type mm -hmm. of deal so you're like yeah, the doctor with the stethoscope <laughs> somebody actually a little kid thought i had my stethoscope on i said no these are my scissors i'm a sewer <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious um so uh you know you've you've done some different things over the years and especially with the years spent in ministry and all the you know, I know that that's like a 24 hour a day job. You know, you, yep. you find out that somebody's going through a tough spot and you got to be there, you know, and be there for them. Yep. Um, and then as you were um, needing the freedom to spend time with parents that were at the end of life to, to mm -hmm. help them, um, what have, how would you talk about the impact that this business has had on your 
on your personal um, situation. It's it's definitely a a very excellent impact. Um, it's changed our life mm-hmm. because we now have the freedom. Um, we love what we do. We work for people who love what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, you may have one customer that gets mad or doesn't like their job, but usually it's one a year. It's not a huge amount. One thing um, I tell Anne when um, she get because you get discouraged when a customer is not happy, and I'm like. There were five, there were 490 other people that were happy. Don't let that one get you down. Yeah. You, so. you got to just keep going on <laughs> Yep. and you just make it right. You know, you, you fix the solution, you find the solution and make that uh, a workable solution because it's their quilt, mm-hmm. not ours. Um, so fix it, repair it, do whatever you got to do. So satisfy the customer. I mean, it is, we are customer service. Yes. So I'm finishing their quilts. Um, I once had somebody ask me, do you sign the quilts? I'm like, no, it's your quilt. I'm not going to put my signature in there. I may put my signature in my own personal art quilt, but it's not going to be in your quilt. So. Mm-hmm. Well, Anne, uh, you've obviously got um, a wealth of, uh, of experience with this. Um I want to ask you as we're as we're getting to the end of this, people that as you know, a lot of the people watching this uh, program are people who are either thinking about starting a business or in the process of. Um, number one, what is something that you wish that somebody may have told you that would have told you earlier early on on your path, and. Um, and what would you tell some of those people who uh, would like to be where you're at today? And uh, how, how, what are some steps that they could take to get there? Um, <laughs> it's a lot of hard work. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said before, buy the best that you can afford. Um, buy a gamble, <laughs> buy the software. It's awesome. Um, but I also know from my experience, sometimes you can't afford that, but yet there are ways you can afford it. If you buy used, mm-hmm. um, all of our machines with the exception of two are used uh, or have been throughout the years. Um, cause we're on six or seventh machine. I'm not sure which. So if that's the route you need to go and also to see if you want to do it because mm-hmm. it is work. I have friends who have bought long arms or, you know, customers, acquaintances, who've bought long arms, think they want to become a full-time business. Because you do it. It's, it's easy. Right. It, it's not easy. It's work. Um, <laughs> it is a job. There are days where you're close to burnout and you want to quit, but you can't. So you got to take the time off and refresh yourself, do something fun, walk away from the job and take that time off. Um, but it's, it's what I love doing. So... I think you anybody can do it. Um, just learn your niche. If you're a t-shirt quilter, make t-shirts. If you're a custom quilter, make custom. Um, I know sometimes people think, oh, ed- edge dead is the only way to go. That's not true. I actually make more now that I do custom quilts money-wise than I did when I was just strictly edge to edge. Um, so you need to find what's you um learn your competition check out your area our local area here is actually very saturated with long arm quilters there's 20 or 30 i don't even know um a lot of gamble owners a lot of gamble owners but there's a lot of other competition also and 
some can turn around a quilt for you next week. Others can't. And it, it just is a matter of going out there, beating the bushes and finding customers. Mm -hmm. um, and with that competition, be their friends. Yeah. You need yep. the networking. Yep. You need to know, okay, is, is what they're doing. You know, I don't necessarily want to compete, but I am competing. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, you need them as a friend because they're your peer group and they're the ones who can help you. Okay. You've got this customer that you want to fire. How can you fire them? Or, <laughs> Hey, here, would you like to take this customer, you know, or um, don't take that customer because they're just going to cause you headaches. So it, it's helpful to know them. It's also, if you can get on and see like their information, like I put my information online and the pricing and everything's on there because that's easier for me. A customer who's searching can go find out my prices without having to call me. They can check it out and say, oh yeah, I should give them a try. Or, oh no, I'll go over here and try this other person. Um, that gives you, if you're looking at how you want to set up your pricing structure, go search out long arm quilters. There's plenty out there. You can look at what they do, find out, okay, do I want to charge for piecing a back? Do I want to charge for pressing the quilt? You know, all those extras that are involved in our job, you can find out what you what you want to do or what you need to do. Mm -hmm. well, I like what you said about buy the gamble because it's so... <laughs> I wish somebody had said, yeah, buy the stuff. Well, yeah, well, buy it. Buy it searching for a computer. Yeah, buy it earlier yeah. than we did probably, but it's Make the smoothest sure you have a track system. Um, yeah. thread brake sensor on yes. the stuff. It is so wonderful. We have one system that does not have a thread brake sensor, so you have to watch it all the time. you got to babysit that. Thing. And, um, yeah, and having that thread brake sensor, I mean, you can just set it and go do something else. I'd go mow the lawn. Because <laughs> <laughs> the gamble is just wonderful, that. And it's got the smoothest, the breeze track. That's what's called, right? Breeze? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, is the smoothest in the industry. I mean, we, yeah. Yeah. It's Even wonderful. though it's heavy, it's not as heavy as others. So Right. And that weight actually somewhat yeah, helps. with it, it makes it smooth. So, yeah. It's got some solidity to it, but you can still move that with with your exactly. fingertips. Mm -hmm. You 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 need the solidity because you get better control, especially if you're going to try to do micro stuff. You you can do tighter stuff with the gamble than your other machines too. Correct. I found. I mean, it's, it's kind of um, just freehand too, but it's kind of um, taken her to a new level of quilting in some ways. Just what you're able to do on there. Yeah. And we got a few more awards because of that. But, I yeah, we've got more coming in because of good old, we call him Gus, Gus Gamble. Yeah. <laughs> well, as somebody who works on machines for a hobby and a profession, uh, you know, obviously I'm not surprised that you have that opinion about the machine. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's the it's the same way I felt when I I believe I was uh, probably 16 or 17 years old when I first saw a uh, a gamble, and I'd been working on machines since I was a wee lad, and uh, you know I was quite impressed when I first saw that uh, that machine, and uh, obviously made a lasting impact on me many years later. So we got a question from uh, Marsha. She was asking if you ever get into a slump where you just can't, you you don't feel like going and quilting and how do you pull yourself back up out of that if you if you do get into a little bit of a slump and you can both answer this if you have an answer yeah you got to walk away sometimes it means go do your own project 
put a piece of scrap on there and practice some free motion play. <laughs> I call it play. Um, or it's walk away and get out of town that day. You know, leave, mm -hmm. leave, leave the business and go have a day out. Go. Our, our thing is to go junking, go play. And um, we find more customers that way too. add sewing machines yeah, to work on. Unintentionally. I, so, yeah. But it's also walking away from the phone. Um, my phone goes with me, but I don't answer my phone. I answer my phone only if I'm at home where my pad of paper is so I can make notes. Um, my memory is not good enough to remember 900 customers' phone numbers and, and their quilts. Yeah, she's got so a lot of customers. It's it's make sure not all of them are current. Right. Some I need to retire out of there because, well, we've lost them. Yeah, um, But, you know, they're they're gone. COVID hit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, you got you to gotta do what you got to do. And sometimes it's that particular quilt needs to sit there a little while longer and you go back to the drawing board on it or or move on to the next one. Like she's got one back here on the wall yeah, hanging. I don't know if you can see it. It's yeah, there. it's way over. But it's it's in the process of being figured out what I'm going to do on it. She can so. think about it while she's working on other quilts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Tucker, do you have any uh, input into that question? Yeah, when I get discouraged, I'm like, okay, what else can I do in my area? Like Anne said, you have to walk away. Um, I walk about five steps and try to clean up my area and I put a few things away I'm like okay I can't clean anymore I'm ready to quilt again <laughs> I'd rather be quilting than cleaning yeah. um but you know like Ann said walking away is important also you can get so caught up in a five inch block that you're not not no other designs or no other fills or something like that are coming into your head about what the rest of the quilt will look like that's just a five inch block and it, it does matter but you just have to walk away and and look at it with a different angle when you come back. Mm -hmm. I, I would say that what I've heard other people tell me, um, depending on the person, uh, sometimes it is that they'll want to go for a drive. And I don't know if we're, if we're talking about a 20-minute drive or a two-hour drive. I just don't know. Two-day drive. But uh, – <laughs> Taking a drive works for some people. For me, I love to go outside and take a walk. Something mm -hmm. about the wind on my face and the squirrels and the leaves and whatever else. Uh, I'll just walk around the neighborhood or walk around the block. And I come back with a completely fresh perspective. And mm -hmm. I think sometimes we lose the fact that the machine is a machine, but we are not a machine. Mm -hmm. We are not a machine, but uh, sometimes we do need to push the reset button as if we were. And sometimes people forget you have to turn it off and turn it back on. And what <laughs> I mean by that is try coming back tomorrow yeah. after you've turned it off and turned it back on. Unplug. <laughs> And yep. here in Oklahoma, we've got to do that quite often during, well, especially May. And well, you, you're 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 up in Missouri, you know what? Storms, yeah, yeah. thunderstorms <laughs> coming through. Shut everything down. Yeah. Unplug it. You know, we've got the TV hooked up to the gamble on the wall too, so we can have it on the big screen. Um, that's one cool thing you can do with the Statler. One thing I wanted to mention was Tucker, you're awesome. I wanted to tell you that because um, just hearing your inspiration, you've inspired me today. Um, just. <laughs> your story and everything, you're, you're going places. I mean, it's in the quilting world. You can speak Thanks. at quilt guilds, I think, you know, and shows and stuff, because you're awesome. Just wanted to tell you that. Well, thank you. And I 100% agree. And uh, 
I would say uh, both of you guys uh, that have appeared with us today have, have been inspiration. Um, we are running short on our time right now, but um, we yeah. have anything else we need to add? We did go over a little bit. Yes. We? All right. Well, I just wanted to thank, uh, thank everybody for being with us tonight. And I certainly do appreciate it. Um, I, uh, I know that, uh, that your stories are going to be one other thing that really helps people to, um, to, to figure out what they want to do with their life. Uh, if, if we have just one and only life, you know, and we have to decide what we're going to do with it. Um, I, I think spending your time with quilters, uh, creating beautiful quilts is not a bad way to go. So and can we give them both a chance to tell how people can find them? Uh, yeah, uh, Tucker, we got, uh, give us one more time what your YouTube channel is and the same name for Facebook and whatnot. Uh, yep, YouTube and Facebook are Tucker Sewing and Quilting. Tucker Sewing and Quilting. And Anne, how do people get a hold of you? Anne's Quilting Stuff. Uh, uh, anywhere. <laughs> A-N-N-Q-U. Um, and yeah. A-N-N-S, the word quilts, or quilt, and then the letter N as in Nancy, and then the word stuff. Quilt and stuff. We're on, yeah, we're on Facebook, Instagram. YouTube. Got it. And we subscribe to you, Tucker. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just did that, so. Yeah. Thanks. Fantastic. Well, thank you guys so much. And uh, it was a, a real treat yes. having you guys yes. here with us thank tonight. Thank you guys so much. You've both been a real inspiration. All right. Thank you. All right. Good night. Good night. good night. Thank you for joining us today on Quilting Business Success. We hope you've been inspired by these stories of quilters just like you who have turned their dreams into reality. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. One of the best things you can do to support us is to write a glowing review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you're using to listen to the show. Those reviews help bring us up in the algorithm so that more quilters are exposed to our show. What would you like to change in your life, and what steps can you take today to bring you closer to the life that you want?